0: In 1991, I was 15 going on 16. I used to go over to my friend's house and just make these mixes and you know, kind of poach my favorite songs from his collection. As we're getting closer to 16, he's going to get his license, because he's older than me. And so he's going to be able to drive us into Boston and go to actual record stores, which we've been hearing about from another friend of ours who's going to Boston College High School. We've been tipped off that, really, for our taste, the best place for us to go is probably Second Coming. Second Coming is the most Anglophile-centric um, record store in Boston at that time. The people who are running the store, the reason that I'm able to read an interview with Robert Smith, where he says, oh, I think our early stuff owed a lot to the Mekons, and I really wanted 17 seconds to sound like Nick Drake's Pink Moon, with just like a huge hole in the middle. I go into Second Coming, I parrot this to the clerk, and he says, oh, you know, Island has a CD of Pink Moon in Cirque, I can order it from our UK distributor, and if you want to the Mekons, that's Virgin, just put that out so I can get that too. So I go back the next week, and And I'm like, I love that fucking Mekons record. And I loved that Nick Drake record. The Nick Drake record. I've been listening to it over and over again. I can't even believe it. Well, we have this Mekons record, Rock and Roll.
1: And
0: And then if you like Nick Drake, you should check out John Fahey. Vanguard Recording Society, Santa Monica, California. The amazing thing about this record is for all the archiving that's been done with John Fahey over the last like 15-20 years, um, this is the only place I think you can get when the catfish is in bloom. It's not for those guys being versed in this shit. You know, I don't get this record when I'm 15, 16 years old. I don't hear The Guardian and fucking After Six. These songs like absolutely opened everything up to me in terms of the different types of rock music that have been made in the past, the different levels and shades of emotions that have been infused into this stuff. These guys are the ones who sell me and my buddy the Sally Cinnamon CD single for the Stone Roses when they're kicking off.
1: Clouds, oh, they used to chase me. They my
0: and they are helping kids who are young enough to have almost no responsibility just totally openly love this music and use it as a soundtrack to their irresponsible romantic, you know, puppy love lives. And in that way, you know, they're they're lending the experience they have of what is and isn't good resounding music to a kid who couldn't possibly know better. The way in which that speeds up and enriches a teenager's life is something that is hugely important to me. And it doesn't mean that we need to have physical media back, or we need to have record stores. It means we need to have the same kind of people doing the same kind of things. You know, actually talking to kids, whether it's over the internet or not. Finding out, well, if you like this, you should check out that. Not creating fucking relational databases of hashtags and fucking, you know, binary information that says, oh, well, if you like The Clash, you're definitely going to like The Jam. Why? What the fuck does that? I mean, there's no nuance to that. There's no dialogue. If you want a quick fucking answer to why I'm doing what I'm doing, that's it. I don't see anybody doing for younger kids what these record store clerks did for me. And there's no fucking nostalgia attached to it. There's no reason I can't do the same thing for anybody with similar interests. So one day I go in there and they have this weird yellow CD. Spaceman 3 Dream Weapon and it only has one track listed on it. It says an evening of sitar music And I'm I'm like, okay, what what the fuck is this because they have it at the front of the rack And I asked the guy I'm like, what is this? He's like, oh man, they just broke up This is this band Spaceman 3. They were supposed to come over here and play um, They were booked at the rat in Boston and they're like stoner music You should check it out when I came back the next time was months later I think but when I came back, I was like dude I hate that that was terrible
1: why
0: why were you into spaceman three it's just like this big like noise and I mean it was cool to smoke dope too but like What's the big deal? He gives me the Spectrum CD, and he's like, You need to fucking hear this. This is exactly what I'm talking about. And they're, you know, a new band that came out of Spaceman 3. The other band that's come out of Spaceman 3, he shows me, is Spiritualized. It has a Spaceman 3 sticker on the fucking single. And it's a song called Any Way That You Want Me. Spaceman 3 had actually demoed Any Way That You Want Me um, and some other kind of Northern Soul sounding material before the split. I loved it. I loved it in the way that when The Verve came out and did Bittersweet Symphony, Richard Ashcroft is thinking that he's paying tribute to a time and a place and to the Rolling Stones. I interpreted Any Way That You Want Me along similar lines, because the song ends with this four-chord progression that is essentially Wild Thing. thought, that's kind of cool that they're going into this trippy, you know, throwback rock and roll. I'm really into this song as a kind of a statement of, here's where Spiritualized is going to go. They're going to get even more classical and band sounding. What really freaked me out was, um, I was playing it in my room one day, and my room didn't have a complete ceiling. And so when I would play music, it would come out, you know, all throughout that part of the house. And one day I was listening to Any Way That You Want Me, and I heard my mom start singing along to it. So I turn it off and I'm like, Mom? She's like, oh, I love that song. That was one of my favorite songs when we were moving out here in the late 60s and I, I really love that song. It was a strong female singer who had her own voice. What, fem- what are you talking about? And my mom goes into the stacks and pulls out this record by Evie Sands. It says right at the top, any way that you want me. a and Records. This is the moment when I start looking at the writer credit next to songs. Now we've got the internet, and so all of this ancillary information is available to us, and it tells us a pretty crazy story. Any Way That You Want Me was written by a guy called Chip Taylor. Chip Taylor wrote Wild Thing. Trogs made Wild Thing famous, but they also recorded a version of Any Way That You Want Me. And Spaceman 3's demo of it sounds very much like that Trogs version, but the spiritualized recording of it sounds much more like the Evie Sands version. Now, Chip worked with her a lot. She had a very difficult time as a singer. She was from Brooklyn. One of her earliest singles was a classic bit of what in England they'd call Northern Soul, um, kind of straight Motown daydream stuff.
1: Evie, can I just hear you alone from it? Are you yeah. singing, Evie? No, I didn't sing. <laughs> when I think of how you love and desert me, I'm the broken heart. We come right in, right? Chip. I never
0: heard this because she didn't have a greatest hits record out. but I had heard the Hollies version of this, which was a huge hit for them.
1: A Hit missed. I can't let go the Hollies.
0: let go is, note for note, How You Satisfy Me by Spectrum. Sonic Boom has come out now and he did this compilation mix called Space Lines. He's much more upfront about that now. You know, I'm sure he was telling people in the studio about it and whoever he was talking to conversationally that this song was a tribute to, you know, this old Evie Sands cut that the Hollies had a big hit with. But, you know, that, that information never got to me. Being from Brooklyn, Evie's right in the mix of all the Brill Building songwriters. And Lieber and Stoller sign her to their label, Redbird. After a couple of singles with Redbird stroke Blue Cat, um, Evie goes to record this song, which wasn't written by Chip Taylor, called Take Me For A Little While. And while they're prepping the acetate for this single so that they can listen back to it, it's stolen by a record producer in Chicago. And within 48 hours has Jackie Ross record and press and release a single of this song on Chess Records. The fallout and cleanup from Take Me For A Little While makes it hard for them to back I Can't Let Go properly. So the Hollies end up recording it in England and Paul McCartney comes out and says he loves this incredible falsetto note that they're able to hit in the chorus and it just snowballs and I Can't Let Go essentially is remembered as a Hollies song. Their version of that song pales in comparison.
1: I try and I try, but I can't say.
0: Evie then signs with Cameo Parkway Records and prepares another Chip Taylor single, Angel of the Morning. Uh, This eventually becomes a massive hit for Juice Newton. Cameo
1: Parkway ends up
0: being a completely disastrous move. The label goes under just as they're prepping Angel of the Morning. Just to it. And so another singer steps in, Merrily Rush, and she does her version of it and cracks the top 10.
1: Morning angel Just touch my cheek you leave it, baby. Just call me angel,
0: of angel. With any way that you want me, Evie finally gets her due. A and M sign her up. The song is a solid hit. it goes to number 53. And it remains a strong performing Hot 100 single for something like 10 weeks, a very long time at that time. But it never really breaks through. It never gets top 20, top 10. Um, It's just kind of there. But it's, it's kind of a staple instantly on radio. And that's how my mom heard it. And she had that record, any way that you want me, in the laundry room. You know, finding out this whole history of the fact that Chip Taylor wrote it. Chip Taylor wrote Wild Thing. Chip Taylor wrote Angel of the Morning, another one of my mom's favorite songs, the Juice Newton version. Um, that was all pretty fascinating. Then I find out Chip Taylor is John Voigt's brother.
1: I really like this. I came a long way to well, do this, well, you know. You did, didn't you? Well, the winner is. Little suspense here. <laughs> the winner is John Voigt!
0: Yep, John Voigt's brother wrote *Wild Thing*, and *Any Way That You Want Me*, and *Angel of the Morning*.
1: Their other brother is Barry Voigt, a world-famous geologist, and their niece is John's daughter, Angelina Jolie, who won her own Oscar last year.
0: Each of us had our successes in our careers, and and uh, you know we we're proud of each other. After Juice Newton's success with Angel of the Morning, um, Evie Sands kind of bagged on the whole thing. She stopped playing live, she stopped recording, but she came back in the 2000s when there was this huge Northern Soul revival going on. Belle and Sebastian were nodding to it, and a number of other, you know, British indie bands were going back to these Northern Soul records and trying to give them, you know, lip service and actual performances. And Evie Sands ends up uh, performing with BMX Bandits in 2006. performer, she was noted um, by some of the biggest names at the time. Dusty Springfield basically said she thought Evie Sands was the best singer of her generation.